Hello and welcome to the Case Reopen Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese, and joining me as always is the one, the only, the yin to my yang, the Yokomizo to my Megary. Colleen, how are you? <laughs> Good. Thanks for that introduction. Yeah, well, I'm excited. We're talking about Detective Conan. We've got a two-part anime original here. Uh, episode 197 and episode 198, The Supercar's Trap. Colleen, what's your favorite supercar? Um, Ferrari. Is it the 1966 Ferrari Dino 206 GT? Oh my gosh, how did you know? You are in luck. So <laughs> this first part here originally aired July 3rd at 2000. And the content here is open window. So remember that, Colin. Okay. As I always do when I go into these two-parters. I never remember the first hint. It's just my bad. Cannon says the supercar, full of adoration, not only expensive, but also causing complicated emotions. (laughs) I don't know why I found that funny. So, Conan, Koguro, and Ron are once again on vacation. After Koguro won first place in the city lottery, they win so many trips on the series. They so do. It's either Conan winning some sort of quiz because of his smarts or Kogoro just being lucky. So, I, I like, Kogoro spends half his time on vacation. However, they were invited to a hotel that no bus line reaches, so they're walking quite a ways and Kogoro is complaining about the trip. Ron tells her father not to be a bummer and she points out the building. They finally reach the hotel and they get assigned room 201. The front desk manager, Sugiro Hisashi, uh, shows them to their room, but Conan has run off. He's at a different section of the hotel, staring at a collection of cars that include a 1967 uh, Toyota 2000 GT MF10, a 1953 Jaguar XK120 Roadster, a 1955 Mercedes-Benz 300 SL Coupe, Gullwing W198, and a 1953 Cadillac Eldorado convertible 6267S. Masashi explains that it's a newly built exhibition and that the hotel owner is a car maniac, Colleen. What are you driving? <laughs> Not one of those. I'm uh I'm kind of like it was so funny when for the Gullwing, uh I think it's Conan. I think, unless it was one of the other characters, like, it means the wings of a seagull. And I was like, okay. Well, it's probably more impressive in Japanese. Oh, since, for like, sure. Since, seagull is probably a different word than just gull. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it translated to English, it's like, yeah, we kind of got that, buddy. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, so we, we were kind of joking around last episode because they got very specific in the wiki about the car makes and stuff but they actually introduce each car separately here and go into very much detail yeah, on these cars it's themselves. like their characters in this episode too bad we didn't get yeah. their like the the year or like the mileage or whatever <laughs> yeah blood type what, what gasoline <laughs> they're taking uh ron notes that in open Ron notes an open spot, and he says it's for the owner's 1966 Ferrari Dino 206 GT. And it says only 152 were ever produced of that car. 
and it's named after Enzo Ferrari's son, Alfred Dino, who died at 24. Despite his early death, the engine he developed was used in the car. The hotel manager, Karoiwa Zinkichi, then arrives and tells them that this area is off-limits until the opening ceremony tomorrow. And he's like, you don't have to leave, but you can't stay here. <laughs> what a killjoy. Or, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. I screwed up the uh, the saying. It didn't make any sense. You don't have to leave, <laughs> but you can't stay here. Again, thought maybe it was a translation issue. <laughs> uh, we then see the owner arrive. Terazumi Daigo. He arrives in the Ferrari. And he's like, oh, it was so exhausting driving this luxury car all the way from Tokyo. Oh, my. So he, he's experiencing rich person problems. That's right. It's not even first world problems. It's like the 1% problems. Sinkichi then informs Daigo that a detective is here, as he recognized Koguro. Back in their room, is complaining about there only being one bedroom, and Ron's like, there's a sofa, we'll be fine. Who do you think was going to sleep in the sofa, Colleen? Koguro, obviously. And uh, Conan calls Koguro a selfish old man. He then overhears people talking outside on the balcony. It's a mysterious voice, and he said, We'll stick to the plan. And he mentions that the ceremony starts at 3 p.m. Kind of mentions that it would cost money to get a better room, which calms Kogoro down. They then get a knock at their door and are shown a threat letter that says, Don't open the exhibition. You'll regret it. And Kogoro's like, This really lacks some oomph for his threat. <laughs> Must be a prank. Oh, like, what's with Kogoro critiquing the quality of this threatening letter? He's like, it lacks impact. What a bore. The owner received the letter a few days ago, and Kogoro says it's just a prank. However, Daigo asks Kogoro to guard him until tomorrow, and says that he'll receive the sweet room of the hotel as payment. So, Kogoro quickly accepts. And he tells Daigo to relax as if he was on a cruise, as he's got it under control. So, as soon as Kogoro says, I've got this, you just know the guy's gonna die. <laughs> That's right. By suicide, probably. If Kogoro has anything to say about it. At dinner, Daigo invites Ron to a drive in his car, and Conan asks to join in as well. Daigo's fine with it, and Ron asks Kogoro for permission, but he's too busy stuffing his face with steak. As Kogoro asks for another plate, he accidentally spills wine on Hisashi. Another employee then runs in and reveals a man named... Ichiro Utaki trying to turn his own Cadillac Eldorado Convertible 53 into scraps. Daigo calls Utaki a pain, and Utaki threatens to crush this exhibition. So we have some drama here, Colleen. Yeah, a little bit, but this Otaki guy doesn't do much for the rest of the episode. Him and the other but one. He, his dorky entrance is so funny because he just has a wrench, and he's like, I'm going to bring this whole exhibition down. <laughs> That's right. I've come prepared with a wrench. Just wait until the damage you'll see. <laughs> we'll put a wrench in these plans. Oh, <laughs> look at Colleen here. No translation errors there. Wow, Colleen. <laughs> so, Taki explains that uh, this car was always his dream and he worked endlessly to get it. So if he has to give up the car, he'd rather destroy it himself. Kegura is confused and asks Daigo what's going on. Daigo says it's a misunderstanding. 
that's when uh, the Mercedes-Benz owner, Shinsuke Sagara, and the Jaguar owner, Juji Kamioka, then appear. I don't think I ever mentioned Kamioka's name again. <laughs> that's the real estate guy? Oh my gosh, I can't... Or was Oku Otaku? I don't know what, I don't know what they did. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that then. The only one I remember is the mechanic. Uh, so that's a cigar. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So they say nobody's looking forward to the exhibition and that they were all forced to give up their vehicles after being cheated by Daigo. All three of them run small businesses and due to the bad economy, Daigo offered to lend them money, but their cars were used as collateral. They all accepted, but it was a trap. And Daigo is said to have manipulated their businesses so they couldn't pay him back. And then he took all of their cars. It's funny because they're like, this was so unheard of. I can't believe he took the cars. And it's like, that was the whole point of the deal, that he'd get the cars <laughs> if he couldn't pay them back. So, like, while they're saying they're, like, cheated, like, they were, they were cheated, they also, like, just don't really understand the concept of pawning something. Because that's, like, the entire point. That's right. <laughs> they were like, he stole it from me. Well, I, I guess the whole, um, like he manipulated the business part sure but they don't really go into the details of that so you're, yeah you're just kind of left with these three bumbling fools for lack of a better term being like my car was taken yeah it just seems like they were bad at business mm-hmm. sucks to suck i guess so Daga says he'll return the cars anytime as long as they pay back his money then mentions a letter but everybody acts dumb Daga vows to open the ex- exhibition, and Conan recognizes Sagara's shoes as being the man he overheard earlier that was talking about a plan. Conan asks Sagara uh, his room number, and he says it's room 202. Conan says he'd love to hear more about his car tonight, and Sagara's like, I have things to do, and they're none of your business. <laughs> Scram, kid. Kagura then gets room service late at night, and it's on the hotel as they're the owner's guest. And Kagura's like, I'll get your finest wine. <laughs> and Ron's like, no. They then note that Sashi has swapped into some clean pants after Kagura spilled that wine earlier. They then hear the engine of the Ferrari Dino, and they run outside to see the owner leaving. And Daigo says, thanks to those guys, my good mood is ruined. I'm leaving for a drive. It's safer on the road than with those three in the hotel. And uh, there's a thick fog about, but he goes for a drive anyhow. We then skip calling to the next day. Have you ever driven when it was like super foggy? It is mm, difficult. No. Oh, so you have? Oh, yeah. I love the fog. I'm a fog man, Colleen. <laughs> like, yeah, I need to be the most difficult drive of my life. That's the only way. I could do this. Oh, yeah, especially if I had a Ferrari. I would exclusively <laughs> drive in the fog. fog. <laughs> so it's the next morning. The owner still hasn't returned. They find it strange that Daigo never contacted him. And then the other vehicle owners arrive downstairs besides Sagara. They speculate that Daigo, that Daigo got into an accident, and they say it must be God's punishment. And then Kogo is like, did anybody call a cell phone? And they're like, no. <laughs> it's like, what are you guys doing, you dorks? Oh, my God. Maybe they didn't know his number. Like, he he's that above them all. 
He's like, I'm not giving my number out to you peons. Well, he suddenly has his number, as Kogura calls him, and he gets an answer, and the owner's, like, grasping for air, and he says, where am I? <clears throat> Why is it so dark? And then he hangs up. And then he's like, oh, my eyes are closed. <laughs> my eyes are closed. And that's his last words. <laughs> How sad. Yeah, sad. And so they get this weird message, and none of them are concerned. They're just like, that owner. What has he gotten himself into? So then at 10 a.m., they start prepping the showroom, and that's when they hear Ron scream. Karen finds her outside in the fog, and she says she's fine despite being on the ground. She was merely taking a walk and was frightened when the guardsman Noda talked to her. Ron. Stranger danger. The hotel manager asks the guard what he's doing, and he says he merely warned Ron because she was walking toward the cliff in the fog. That would be quite the Ron thing to do, to just walk off the edge of a cliff. Yeah, we'd have another uh, murder scene on our hands. Well, no, it wouldn't be a murder. It would just be an accident at that point. Sorry. A suicide. (laughs) Oh, gosh. A car then arrives, but it's not the owner. It's Sagara. Cigar asks why they've all gathered around, and Conan is impressed that Noda can recognize the guests by their car sounds. Cigar says he was out driving last night, and he never saw the owner. The hotel staff then say it's too late to display the Dino, and that's when a shocked Cigar comes running back after parking his car. Cigar yells that Daigo's in his car and there's something wrong with him. Kagura spots him in the car and sees the engine running. He opens the door, but it's too late as Daigo's already dead. He says the cause of death was carbon monoxide poisoning after the exhaust backtracked into the car. Kagura says this was an accident as the episode ends. And that's it. That's the that's the whole part. There's no part two. It was an accident, and we're just going to leave it like that. Yep. And then you just stay at the hotel forever. Oh, wait. Conan has his doubts, so we'll be back for part two. <laughs> yeah, and where he, in which he just quickly wraps up this case, because you know when the murder happens at the very end of the first part, then they just have to fly through the second part. The next canon's hint is Kultar. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Canon says next episode is the solution. I wonder if Uncle will buy a car too. Ron says, a Ferrari or something? And Conan says, that's not possible. <laughs> Conan doesn't, or not Conan, Kogro doesn't seem particularly interested in cars. Hey, man, that's money he doesn't have. He, his money goes to important stuff like gambling. <laughs> gambling and booze. And cigarettes. That's a good life. That's a good life. It's the Kogro life. The Kogro way to live. Keep calm and live like Kogro. That's a t-shirt design we could have. Good idea. So, it's time to thank our supporters on Patreon. Patreon. Before we get to episode 198, the Supercars Trap Part 2. So, we want to give shout-outs to medium-sized Jeffrey, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and the Big Chief, Mason. Appreciate you all for supporting 
the podcast. Yes, thank you so much for continued support. And so, episode 198, The Supercar Strap, part 2. No, that's 3, isn't it? <laughs> part 2. Part 2. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> this year, July 10th, 2000, and Kevin says, Today we solved the mystery of the supercar. I've never seen a trick quite like this one. It's not an impressive trick. Like. No. I mean, it was fine. It makes you feel like, oh, I could do that too. But I wouldn't, obviously. So, Inspector Songo Yokomizo arrives at the crime scene. It's nice to see him. I was glad to see a, a different detective. It's not like too often where an anime original brings in a non megari uh, detectives. So I like that. Yeah, I I didn't expect him to be in this. Uh, but then again, I'm not very good at remembering the geography, like where they are at versus where Yokomizo well, works. Think they ever said. <laughs> I don't think they ever said exactly where they were at. But like Yokomizo's like, we're not in the city, guys. So I guess they're out there somewhere. Right. So, a doctor confirms there's carbon monoxide poisoning, and the time of death is said to be between 9 and 10 a.m. Kagura mentions the phone call and says it was just after 9 a.m. Yokomizo then notices that the window by the driver's seat is open slightly, and Kagura says it must have been an act of desperation by Daigo to stay alive. But it was too little, too late, Colleen. He was like, should I open the door? No, I'm gonna... (laughs) Bring the window down one inch in my final act. Which, I don't know, it's an interesting thing to think, considering he didn't, he couldn't see anything, right? Because he said, like, oh, it's so dark. Like, presumably he wouldn't be able to tell where his window opening button was. I don't know. Maybe I'm... It was an act of desperation, Colleen. Come on. Obviously, yeah. Kroger is just bang on, as always. Kind of reminds me of, like, some people I work with where they'll just give whatever explanation would, like, that would create no work for them. So he's like, I don't want to figure this out. Let's just do uh, act of desperation. Nothing more to see here. Oh, that's Kogro's entire yeah. career. Just like yeah, suicide. Okay, let's call it a suicide. day. Suicide. Act of desperation. Bye. So Karen looks below the exhaust pipe and finds an odd black stain on the ground. Police officer says it's cool tar created from uncondensed car fuel that dripped from the exhaust. It's then revealed that the car must have been hit recently as there's a crack on the left headlight cover and a thread was stuck inside. They go over finding the body again and Yokomizo asks why Daigo never left his vehicle. The hotel manager that he loved his car as if he as if it was his child, so he was just spending time with it, and then must have dozed off. That's when Kamioka, who owns the Jaguar, says that the manager is actually glad the owner died, as he was going to get laid off. Zenkichi confirms that he was getting laid off, but he says he didn't hate the owner for it. So, everybody has a reason to hate the owner, Colleen. Mm-hmm. Um... Did they go over... What's his name? Suguro's reason? Wait. Well, his car. 
Okay, so they already talked about it. Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Wait, who are we talking about? Uh, the you mean, uh, uh, the hotel desk manager, I guess. Not no, the, not the manager bring, guy that was gonna get laid off. No, no, they don't bring him up. Okay. They don't mention him until the very end. Like, were you suspicious of anybody by this point? Well, they were going way too hard in uh, Cigar, the guy that was driving all night. Yeah. Um, to where I was like, well, he has to be innocent. And then it seemed too straightforward for it to be one of the guys that wanted their cars back. So I, I figured it had to be one of the hotel employees, but I didn't. I wasn't leaning one way or the other. Um, mm-hmm. I just figured it was one of the hotel guys. What about you? I kind of uh, took the bait and was um, suspecting Sagara, um, then like because of all the obvious reasons, like he was the one that they kept on showing the most, and he was a mechanic and things like that. But then at one point, I was like, oh, maybe it's a two-person job because of that phone conversation that Conan overheard. Um, so yeah, I thought it was maybe like the him and working with. Um, Seguro. Because Seguro at one point, I think he like runs over, like he's late or something. So I don't know. It's just like, hmm, you seem oddly, you know, the innocent looking type. So maybe it's you. And then. So how often do people actually work together in Conan? Because like, I can like not remember the last time we had two culprits. Um, let's see. Yeah, besides like kidnapping cases and maybe the one where um well obviously <laughs> gin and vodka but uh there's also an yeah but like like a regular case i feel like there's never just like two people working together unless it's like a kidnapping thing you know yeah. like a group thing because i feel like and those are usually more action than like uh It's just, like, for a murder, I think it's pretty rare for us to have, like, oh, these two civilians were working together on this crime. Usually it's like, oh, this gang is working together doing Mm -hmm. something. Yeah. Yeah. So so I never really think about that. Yeah. Okay. I think, I don't know, it it really depends on how the situation unfolds. Um, I like the cases where, like, one person's actually you know trying to commit the crime and then like another one kind of figures it out beforehand and then they get involved somehow and then like they inadvertently sort of make it worse for themselves i don't know i can't think of an example but um i feel like we've had a case like that before so kegger explains the grudges everybody has and kind of brings up the threat letter Yokomiza brings up the possibility of murder and everybody gives their alibis. Itaki and Kamioka mention being sep- uh, being with Mori. And Kegura then says that only Hisashi and Sagara were absent. Hisashi says he was only separated from everyone for five minutes. And surely he can't commit a crime during that time. And uh, he was preparing stuff for the ceremony. And then he came over to Ron when she screamed. However, Sagara was driving Conan. Uh, meanwhile, Sagara was driving, and Conan brings up the plan that he overheard Sagara talking about. So he's even more suspicious now. Yeah. So sorry. Earlier, when I was talking about Suguro, it's Hisashi. I just 
I couldn't remember what we were calling him. Yeah, I usually go with uh, what name's easier for me to pronounce, and there are already a bunch of S's. Oh, so fair enough, like, fair enough. Let's go with Hisashi. Uh, Sagara says he went to a friend to borrow money and was planning on getting his car back. It was boring just to pay back the money, so I decided to do it just before the exhibition. So he wanted to embarrass Daigo. That's why he drove to Tokyo last night. You know, he could have got the money and brought it with him and then not have to drive all night. Like, this this plan seems very stupid. Yeah, it's stupid and, like, it's it's totally for us to be like, oh, he's, you know, the only one who's away. Yeah, he says his friend can confirm his alibi. And Kogo's like, well, <laughs> must be an accident. <laughs> oh, Kogro. The hotel manager then asks for permission to put the Dino up in order to honor the owner. And he is granted by permission by Yokomiza as they're done analyzing. Yokomiza's like, sure, there's somebody just died here, but put it on display. Why not? <laughs> I mean, that's such a not... Like, that's something Megare wouldn't do, I don't think. No, Megare's usually all. like, you can't touch this at all for like 24 hours. <laughs> Conan then asks the manager about the Dino's headlight, and he says that there wasn't any damage yesterday, or the owner would have freaked out. Neta then tells Yokomiza that he checked the parking lot just before 10am, and that the owner's car wasn't parked there. He's certain he didn't mistake it, and he says another car was parked there. I couldn't see it clearly, but it was a grayish car, and it had an engine sound that I'd never heard before. I like how, I like this guard's obsession with sounds. He's like, I can pick out any car here by the engine sound. <laughs> Imagine he goes on like one of those Got Talent, like Japan's Got Talent, and that's what he showcases. That's a. Let me listen here. Hmm. I'd say that's about a 1966 Ferrari Dino 206 GT. <laughs> okay, what's the next one? <laughs> That's a 1955 Mercedes-Benz 300 SL Coupe Gullwing W193. They're just like, wow. It's like the same sound over and over. <laughs> that didn't sound like an engine. I'm sorry for doing that. Conan then figures something out, and that's when one of the officers tell Yokomiza that Sagura has returned his money and he wants his bins right away. Just more suspicious behavior from this guy. Yeah. I mean, I don't know at one point I I was like, oh, it's not him. I, I think I was still thinking he was in on it. Conan's prediction is confirmed by Noda, and that means Conan has solved the case. Sagara demands to leave with his car right now, and Yukimiza tells him he can't leave until his case is settled. Yukimiza informs Kagero of what Noda said, and Conan knocks out Kagero with his wrist dart. Sleeping Kogoro then gives his deduction show and says he just realized the truth behind the case and it's a planned murder after all. So who were you thinking during Conan's uh, big reveal? Who, who, who was your final guess of who it was? Uh, I think eventually like, it was literally one of those last minute things. Um, it was uh, Hisashi. Kogoro has Yokomizo fetch Noda and requests a giant plastic sheet that could cover a car, which Hisashi grabs. Kogoro says the culprit put Daigo to sleep with drugs and then sat him in the Dino's seat. 
He then left the engine running. Despite Noda's testimony, the owner's car was actually in the parking lot earlier, as the gray car was actually the Dino covered up. They demonstrate it, and Noda confirms it is the sound he heard. It's so funny because they're like, uh, turn the Dino on. <laughs> and he's like, that's the Dino. And then, <laughs> like, okay, put the cover on. <laughs> that's not the Dino. <laughs> But is, that's the sound I heard last night. So the window was open so that the exhaust fumes would enter the vehicle via, um, would enter the vehicle. And it was all being kept in by the car cover. So that created like its own enclosed space despite the uh, window being open. The cover was also stuck firmly to the ground, which is why the owner was confused by how dark it was and where it was. I can't see. Where am I? <laughs> oh. Did they say how it was stuck to the ground? Was it like... Not Probably like tape. I don't know. Tape. That was the one part I was like, but they didn't, you know, they didn't um, notice anything at the crime scene. Like, it was just the tar, the line across. Yeah, the tar getting like, cut off. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how did they stick the car cover to the ground? They never really go into who sent the threat letter to. I'm guessing it was just the murderer, but they don't really examine that any. Not that it's particularly interesting, but... Yeah, I mean, it could have been... I like been... to have my closed ends. <laughs> it could have been any of them. Maybe yeah. it was the wrench guy. <laughs> yeah, let's put it on the wrench since guy. He, since whose Kuro... name I can't remember. <laughs> Otake? Kamioka or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's it. I confused... Confuse all these lovely people. It's so actually quite possible thing... since you know Kogro's uh, opinion was that it wasn't impactful. <laughs> like it wasn't threatening enough to be a threat letter. The only thing left to do is to get rid of the cover, and the perfect crime was made. However, the suspect didn't uh, expect two things: first, Noda to see the covered vehicle, and Ron scream. The culprit was taking the cover off his vehicle when he heard Ron scream. That's when he forgot to close the window. That means the killer is the one that came last to Ron Scream, the front manager, Hisashi. You're right, Colleen. Yay. I mean, it's too bad that someone had to die, but yeah. So I wasn't sure asked for... of the reason, oh. though. Yeah. So, uh... Sashi asks for proof, and Koger brings up the stain on his pants. He says it's the wine that Koger has spilled... And Kogar's like, well, you changed out of those pants earlier. Why'd you get back into these dirty clothes? Uh-huh. Kogar then brings up the headlight and says it must have happened when he greeted Daigo on his return last night. So it's a hilarious imagery. The owner, like, rams into um, <laughs> Asagi. I mean, I get... It's very confusing because Asagi's just standing there, like, waving his hands. Like, dude, it's foggy outside. He's not going to see you. Plus... And he's like... <laughs> okay, go ahead. Oh, my leg. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seem hurt at all. Like, you'd think he'd have a limp or something. He just walked it off. Day. I know. I know. <laughs> like, it hit hard enough. The impact was hard enough to crack <laughs> the glass. But no, the guy's leg is perfectly fine. Yeah, they animated this a little too fast. Because <laughs> it seemed like the impact that he hit, like, he should have broken a leg or something. Agreed. 
Kegger then asks why Noda didn't check out the grayish car he saw earlier, and Noda says it was because Sasashi told him to look around the front of the hotel. Kegger mentions the black substance under Hisashi's car cover and says that if they analyze it, it will match the tar stained by the car and be exactly the same. And Hisashi's like, oh, I did it. And he says, I did kill Daigo. And he says that the Dino was originally his car that he's cheated out of. And he says, but don't, don't think of me as some rich boy. That's the car I got on the verge of my company's bankruptcy. It was something I sacrificed everything to obtain. And the episode just ends. <laughs> this is like such an abrupt, weird ending. And like, I'm so confused by it. So the guy had to choose between his business continuing or him buying a car. And he said, I'll take the Dino. <laughs> or like, what, what was going What does he mean by this? The car I got on the verge of my company's bankruptcy was something I'd sacrificed everything to obtain. But obviously, he must have gave it to... Daigo. I mean, he gave it to Daigo at some point. Right. So he didn't, he didn't sacrifice everything, clearly. And I didn't get any um, inclinations that Daigo and this guy sort of knew each other from before and had any dealings. Like, I thought he was just a regular employee. So this guy yeah. you know, goes bankrupt, loses his car, and then gets a job at the man's the man who took everything from him at his hotel <laughs> and yeah i don't know you'd think you'd think that there would be like these kind of sidelong glances or like why did daigo even hire him i guess like maybe to mock him but yeah it this really fell flat and the fact that he gets like three sentences of his big explanation here and then it just suddenly cuts like, it just seemed rushed and not... It didn't land here for me at all. Like, uh, the culprit and then his explanation. I thought this fell really flat. Right. Um, I suppose on, like, the plus side, it was nice that it wasn't, like, the, um... Like, it was a bit of a surprise, I suppose. Because the entire time we were meant to believe it was one of those three guys, particularly the mechanic. So, yeah, I think. Although, like, as you were explaining, like, it, they made it so obvious that you would then think, oh, it's probably one of the hotel employees. But, yeah, it was nice to know that, that it, or nice to see that the outcome was, like, more of a surprise than just the obvious, oh, it's one of the three guys we presented to you. After the ending song, Ron says the trip was fun, but the walk back is very tiring. Ron says they should have asked Yokomiza for a ride back, and that's when Kogoro screams, That bastard could have said something! Uh, as he's being talked about behind his back, Yokomiza sneezes in his cop car, and his subordinate's like, Oh, are you alright? And he says, Yokomiza says he's never gotten a cold before. That's amazing. And then he sneezes again. And that's when Kegari yells, I'll never help him again. And the episode ends. And you never have, Kogoro. It's always been Conan. <laughs> so the next episode is The Suspect is Mori Kogoro. So Kogoro is going to get arrested here, Colleen. Uh, yeah, finally. I mean, it was only a matter of time. The next Conan's hint is Chain Lock. Conan says the next episode is the usual hostile couple. 
And Ron says, Dad, you didn't. You wouldn't. <laughs> and I'm guessing you didn't watch the preview for it? Um, I skipped it, but I saw... I did see, I saw a few seconds, but I, yeah, yeah, I skipped yeah. it. What's interesting about the preview? Uh, that Kogro... Like, they find Kogro in bed with another woman. Oh, Kogro. I'm pretty sure at that point... Um, Areas with them, so yeah, it's just you know, it's a line that you sly dog. You don't think Kogro ever crosses, but it seems like he did. He did, he did go on that date once, remember? That's right. Went really well. Yeah, I don't think there was a second date. Uh, all right, so let's get your final thoughts here, Colleen. What were your Thoughts as a whole on the supercars trap. Um, I liked it well enough. Like the first part was purely set up, but we got some Kogro being Kogro moments, but with him totally disregarding any of the car conversations, and he's just like stuffing his face. You know, just it's just so funny. Um, and then the second part, obviously, they sort of like they rushed through. Uh, the deduction but it felt okay like I, I didn't feel like there was like it was too complicated of a case that we needed this long exposition like I think they gave it enough time so I thought it was fine um my favorite part of this entire two-parter was the irony of like how this was all about cars but Conan Kogoro and Ron have to walk back and forth from the hotel I don't know I just thought that was like <laughs> Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know if that was done on purpose, but it's an interesting touch. Um, oh, the other funny part for me was Yoka Mizo and how, like, I think he's a, they try and show him as a competent inspector, but the way they write him, uh, like, he freaks out at each pe new piece of information as it's revealed and yeah, <laughs> like the facial expressions they give him and yeah. So, I mean, the case wasn't bre breathtaking or anything, but, um, yeah, it was kind of cool to see the cars, learn a little bit about them, and, um, yeah, Kogoro and all the characters actually were pretty pretty funny. Yeah, this wasn't, like, a terrible episode or anything. I th the ending kind of just colors it really poorly. It ends on a bit of a sour note, although... At least we had a good laugh with Yoko Misa being, I've never had a cold before. <laughs> right. So that was cute. Um, yeah, there were some good moments. I liked seeing the cars. We got some car history, which I thought was cool. I never knew about uh, the Dino and Enzo's son dying that young. So that was interesting uh, to get like a little car history lesson. And uh, we got to actually go into these different rare cars, which was cool, and to see them animated. So that was nice uh, if you're in the cars. But I feel like the case itself was pretty ho-hum. Definitely not super memorable or anything. But I think the car like collecting part does give it something to be like, you're not wasting your time watching this uh, two-parter. So, I mean, it's, it's a perfectly fine watch. But it's also pretty skippable unless you're like a, a big fan of cars, mm -hmm. I would say. Um, but 
we next time. we might also have a new like contender for characters we want to bring back at least I, well i don't Ew. know noda <laughs> this guy oh. the guard <laughs> you just want to listen hear him listen to different cars and be like oh, that's a 20 uh, 2017 chevy i don't know i don't know what a sh- what <laughs> chevy's are <laughs> But like that would be such an interesting gimmick. Like he could be, you know, the show's uh, cabbage guy. He just comes in every random episode. He's like twenty twenty Dodge Challenger, and then he listens closely. It's silence, and he says, "That's a Tesla." <laughs> they're like, "Wow." Yeah, Noda has to come back for like one of the newer episodes in the thousands. Yeah, Ned is cool. I want to see him get his mind blown by electric cars. So let's <laughs> let's bring Noda back. But uh, yeah, next time the suspect of Mori Co- the suspect is Mori Kogar, that should be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. So we'll be back next week with that. We'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> Bye, and remember, one truth always prevails. <laughs>